Hey, 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 everybody. My name's Ryan Atkinson, and you are around the business cloud. I'm super excited today to be joined by Jordan Smith, who has found great success in her job search. Um, I've heard wonderful things from referrals about her, um, and this is how we actually connected and met. Um, so I'm very, very confident she'll be awesome today and just sharing networking tips, job search help, um, and how she ultimately landed a job with Microsoft, which is widely awesome in its own respect. Um, so congratulations on that, Jordan. Um, so without further ado, Jordan, I'd like to introduce you to everyone. Jordan, thanks so much for coming on. Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much for the nice intro. Hey, everyone listening to the Business Cloud. Um, yeah, I'm really happy to be here and share anything I can for people who um, are currently job searching, are future job searching, and you know what other other wisdom I can uh, potentially impart. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited as well. I know people are going to be able to take a lot away from this. Before we get started, I got to ask you two launch kickoff starter questions, if that sounds good to you. Sounds great. I was listening in the, uh, some of the other episodes and I'm excited to see what you've got for me. Perfect. Well, our first one is if you could eat a meal with one person dead or alive, who would that be? That's a great question. And I've answered this one before, so I am slightly prepared. Um, <laughs> I'm a big Elon Musk fan. I know that's becoming more controversial as time goes on, but I think he's a um, great innovator. I bet he'd have great taste in restaurants. Um, and I would love to pick his brain for, you know, an hour or two between some nice different courses. So definitely him. I love what it. About I, you? Think, I think he'd be great as well. Did you say I would be Elon Musk? I think as well, there's Steve Jobs would be another one I would consider just because I'm a huge Steve yeah. Jobs fan, but Elon Musk, you talk so much about him and you can even ask him about Sunday or Sunday night live or Saturday night, Live, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was surprised to see him um, coming up on the cast. I could ask about Dogecoin. I have a million things. I would have a whole um yeah whole list of things to go through with him whole list prepared well awesome our next question is if you are in the top one percent of fans regarding a food movie or like tv show what would it be that's a great one i'll have to think for a second maybe cooking youtube the cooking youtube scene i spend an absurd amount of time watching different cooking youtube channels um, of all different kinds. I don't even want to see what the, what the actual number of hours would be on my phone, but that's something that calms me down. I like cooking myself. So I was like picking up new tips and hearing about different cultures of foods and trying things out and stuff like that. So that's probably my 1%. Yeah, I might need to ask after this episode more cooking tips because I, <laughs> I, I'm very limited in the kitchen. So <laughs> absolutely, I can send over some some starter recipes for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for those two. Um, but I do want to hear from you. Um, can you just give us a quick introduction of like who is Jordan Smith? <laughs> absolutely, big question. Um, my name is Jordan Smith. I'm originally from the Chicagoland area, northern suburbs. Um, I'm currently a senior at the University of Minnesota. Um, nearing my end tier, graduating in one week, looking forward to it. It's gone by so fast. I'm sure you're sharing the same kind of feelings that I am right now. Um, I am, I study business marketing, leadership and communications, and I also have a professional certificate in sales. Uh, sales has been a large part of my college experience, leading our um, competitive professional sales team here for um, this past year and I've worked with them for like years in the past and that's kind of segued into my career that's somewhat sales related just more customer facing at Microsoft which I will get into in a little bit but 
that's kind of the that's kind of the high level overview of who <laughs> I am at the very least professionally. Got to hear I'm very into cooking, um, spending time with friends when you know COVID restrictions allow that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I think that's a I think that's the gist. Nice, I love it. Did you always? So this is you probably every sales interview you got that you got this question, but I'm going to ask it too. Did you always know like you wanted to get into sales? I did not. And I feel like it's something that people just um, end up finding themselves in at some point. Mm -hmm. There's obviously that trope with um, sales. That's the sleazy car salesman. <laughs> um, and once I, once I really understood that that's really not at all what sales is like, mm -hmm. and it's about, you know, relationship building and, you know, one of my favorite books, shout out to Keenan is like gap selling, being yep. able to talk to somebody and figure how you can get them from where they are to where they want to be mm -hmm. um, with your help or without your help. I, I think that's very fulfilling and I love working with people. And so once I kind of stumbled into the sales program at the University of Minnesota, I noticed that that's, that's uh, where my skill sets fit and that's where I could see myself working for the uh, foreseeable future. So I've really fallen in love with it. Um, did not go into college thinking I was going to go into sales, but I couldn't be more excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Did you, so you're co-chairman of this, uh, like the sales academy or sales leadership. Um, yeah. Can you talk to me? Like, did you start that freshman year and like grew into that position or how did that, that progression happen? I did not. So um, my my involvement in both or my dedication to both school and extracurriculars has followed a pretty steep incline throughout college. So freshman year, first half of sophomore year, I wasn't particularly um, motivated to join extracurriculars. Mm. I was just adjusting to, you know, moving to a different city, yeah. the college life, different hours, you know what I mean? Just so much <laughs> hectic stuff going on that it really took me a minute to, um, to really find my own and figure out where I belong within an academic setting and within a professional setting. So I found the sales team because weirdly enough, it was kind of a moment of stars aligning where I had two different professors of mine at the end of my sophomore year, second semester, come up to me and say like, have you ever considered sales? Like we have, we have a professional sales team. And the first person who said that I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I appreciate that, but I, I'm not particularly interested. And the second mm -hmm. person who told me that, both of which were professors that I really respected and I felt like really got to know me throughout the semester. Second one that said that I was like, all right, this might be a stars aligning moment and this might <laughs> send me down um, send me down a good path and it couldn't have sent me down a better path. So I joined my first semester, junior year, was pretty quickly able to work up the ranks um, and I began uh, my role as co-chair at the beginning of my first semester. So it's been a full year and it's a lot of fun. It's like a lot of different competitions, a lot of different leadership opportunities, mm -hmm. introducing students who don't know yet what kind of career path they uh, want to go on, introducing them to sales, see if it's a natural fit as it was for me and a lot of other people who have joined. So it's been super fulfilling and I've really, really enjoyed my time on it. Probably my favorite part academically or um, career-wise in college. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you actually, I'm, I'm really curious because 
to my knowledge, I don't think Iowa has like a sales thing. One regret, I was looking at your LinkedIn. I was like, oh, I probably could have started that like when I was in like a software or something. But what are the like these competitions that you guys do? I'm, I have no idea. I see them all the time on LinkedIn, but I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. So I don't know if you're familiar with like DECA. It's kind of like DECA mm-hmm. in high school, but um, it, they're role play competition. So it's it will usually be a 20 minute time frame. It's like a mock meeting. So you're representing a certain mm-hmm. company. You're meeting meeting with a certain person from a certain company, you're given like a few different points on um, here's what they're looking for. And you just try to work your way through the main five steps, which just very briefly, <laughs> like rapport building. Um, so rapport building, introduction, that kind of stuff, yeah. uh, needs identification, presentation, uh, uh, handling objections and then closing. So you're making your way through that entire cycle as if you were in a real uh, sales meeting in 20 minutes, judged on different criteria. And uh, that's like how you're ranked. And our team does a great job of having, you know, different incentives put in place. Like the first place winner gets like a $350 scholarship. Oh my gosh. And second and third. So there's there's a lot of incentives in place and it's like a fun competitive um very fun competitive atmosphere. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I'm that kind of competitive person that would take my would take my Thursday afternoon or Thursday night to uh, either go in person before COVID or log on and compete in a sales competition for you know the half hour that I have to be there and really enjoy that. So it's it's been a great it's been a great part of my college experience. I really respect that because I feel like on most Thursdays. Um, as we both know, college students, it's Thirsty Thursday. So for you guys, <laughs> actually, it means a lot in that sense. Absolutely. Thursday, thir- Thirsty Thursday follows the sales competition for sure. <laughs> I'm expect- able to fit in both. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But and all this prep- preparation with the competitions and uh, these Thursday uh, really grind down and uh, craft yourself, as they say, um, has led you to Microsoft. Can you talk us uh, through like Microsoft in general, just like everything, like how you got this and, you know, what you're most excited about? Absolutely. So um, being someone of like fairly, fairly average um, <laughs> GPA, Fairly, I'm not in the business school here, which is the like really like renowned program. Yeah. University of Minnesota isn't exactly like a target school, yeah. so I figured that I had kind of the odds stacked against me, and that um, that that was kind of an unattainable goal. Mm. But uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, let's say May 2020, I'm graduating May 2021. I was doing some research online as far as like what kind of sales programs and uh, just new grad sales jobs are available specifically in tech because I knew that 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 was the industry that I wanted to enter. So I figured I'd put together a list of of companies and programs that I was interested in Mm -hmm. and I would work my way from the top down. So most ambitious goal, this is probably gonna take the most amount of time to achieve if at all possible and then work my way down to more achievable. So I started off just generally doing research about this new grad program that they have called Mm -hmm. the Aspire program. That's a pretty blanket term for all of their new grad opportunities. So across the gamut of different kinds of, you know, software engineering, Mm -hmm. um, product management, sales, everything in between, all their new grad programs are under this Aspire program. So I found someone talking about their experience with the Aspire program on Reddit of all places. And he was talking about his experience as a CSAM, which is a 
customer success account manager. So mm -hmm. not necessarily sales in the way that I've practiced in these competitions yeah. and through internships so far, more post sales um, mm -hmm. being the main point of contact yeah. for different accounts that you're assigned. So I read his whole thing, was interested. I decided to DM him, <laughs> just, you know, take a shot in the dark, see if he'd respond. And, on Reddit, on um, Reddit. Was this on Reddit? On Reddit. Nice. On Reddit. He had a goofy, very goofy <laughs> username. I was it, like, and that's like such an informal place yeah. that I, I really didn't know if if he would respond or be interested. But I I tried to send over a pretty pretty casual message just saying, hey, really, um, really interested in this fire program and the CSAM opportunity. It looks like you had a great experience. Let's talk. He was nice enough to get on the phone with me. We hit oh. it off right off the bat. Um, he offered to be a, a mentor to me, which was, which is incredible and gave me a lot of good tips and tricks along the way. That was kind of my starting point to this recruiting process from start to finish. I probably met with 11 or 12 current CSAMs or CSAM managers or people just generally within that realm of the post sales organization, yeah. um, just to kind of get my name out there as much as mm -hmm. I could, um, get to know a lot about the role. And yeah. what I thought was most important um, in any kind of role, if it seems very ambitious, if it seems within your reach, is really understanding what the role requires and being able to be introspective and objective about your qualifications <laughs> enough to, to see if if you could, if you were fit for the job. And from my first few conversations with these CSAMs, I was like, I can do this job. Like, I know I can do this job. And I feel like the only way in interviews you can convince people <laughs> that you could do the job is to really believe it yourself. You know what I mean? True, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a huge thing for me. I know I just kind of went all across the place, but is there anything that, uh, anything you have questions on? Honestly, like, so when you first sent out this ambitious goal, was Microsoft in that ambitious category? Like, uh, I don't know if I have a shot at this, but I'm going to give it a shot anyways. Yeah. No. And then, so <laughs> then did you, was one of your subcategories like reach out to someone on Reddit or was it just research through Reddit that you're like? Honestly, it was just research and see who would be willing to talk to me. So anyone who I could find who was talking about their job or their role as a CSAM mm -hmm. or again just within post sales I reached out to you. another tool that was incredibly helpful to me was blind I don't know if you've been mm -hmm. have you heard of blind I have not actually got it so great resource you have to be currently working you have to like sign up with an employer email so it's not completely accessible so I don't want to put it out there as a suggestion for everyone you have to be currently <laughs> like employed um However, it's like an anonymous place where people can go and share like really anything they want about their current job, their experience, pay. So it's it's a great resource where people feel comfortable because they can be anonymous and it shares like, it verifies what company everyone's with because they have to sign in with their employer, whatever. So I talked to a lot of people on there, people were willing to talk. And now after getting the job, I've had a lot of people reach out to me there and asking me for advice. So it's really come full circle. And it's been, um, it's been amazing being able to help people who are interested as well. But um, yeah, I mean, my goal just initially was to talk to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really important for me to not come off as like, hey, I want something from you. Yeah. I want your time. Mm -hmm. um, and having it be more casual to where they 
they're not dreading having a conversation with some student who's never going to follow up with them mm. or who they don't even know if they're qualified. I really wanted to make sure that I valued their time and that it was more conversational than, hey, I want something from you. I want a referral. I want it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that reflected in a lot of what my cold outreach looked like. Mm. But at the end of the day, after talking to the guy from Reddit and the people from Blind and then finding other people, everyone was so willing to be like, mm. and maybe this is, maybe this is the culture at Microsoft. I'm sure it's mm. the culture generally as well, but yeah. um, people are generally more willing to help than you would think. Mm. I mean, you just have to reach out and the worst they can say is no. So from the first conversation I had with the Reddit guy, he was like, oh, you should talk to this person. And that person oh. said, oh, you should talk to this person. So it really just helped me build this web of people mm. that um, not only I knew was like in my corner to some extent, but that could teach me different things about um, the role and their life at Microsoft to make me so interested and passionate that that literally oozed out of me <laughs> when it came time for those final interviews. Um, so that's something just generally mm. outreaching to as many people as possible um, and coming off in a casual sense. Mm um try to not be scripted if if at all possible mm -hmm. uh, that's something i would i would recommend to anyone who's who's job searching <laughs> i respect it can you talk to us like a little bit what that formatting like what you kind of word that message um just for reference like i like did the same thing i'm curious like what yours was because mine would be like hey i'm ryan atkinson i'm reaching out for this bdr position for 2021 um, here's like my three value props that I bring to the company. I'm super excited about like the young, ambitious, hardworking culture that XYZ brings. I'm curious, like what yours was, because obviously it worked if you're contacting 12 different people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would, um, and this isn't very efficient if you're reaching out to like a hundred people, but yeah. if I was reaching out to, let's say 10, I'd mm. go through their profiles. Um, there'd be some people who, let's say they're in San Francisco. Hey, yeah. I was just in San Francisco. Stop. Or I got to see the Microsoft off, just making it a, making it a, so, you know, how, when you get a notification from LinkedIn or something, there's that first line, mm -hmm. making yeah. it something that they'd be somewhat interested in clicking on yeah. is kind of my goal, not trying to be clickbait and get them to click it and then <laughs> not have anything of substance there. Um, but, but having something that is compelling for them to click on mm -hmm. um, or people that, I saw people that like used to go to my high school yeah. or used to go to my university. Mm -hmm. Hey, go Golden Gophers. <laughs> I see that you're at Microsoft now. Um, I'm, I'm really interested. I've been talking to people or um, something else that I think is e uh, pretty easy as well uh, is like looking in the news. And uh, one thing that was a little bit, um, I didn't know if it was going to work out for me or not bringing this up, but um, Microsoft had an Azure outage for like two whole days. Yep. And so I would imagine that their customers were not happy. Oh. So in some of my, in some of my outreach, I said like, Hey, I'm, I'm really interested to hear. I know that CSAM role is direct, directly working with different accounts how did you how did you make them feel comfortable about continuing on with azure given that they couldn't have access to their cloud for two days and you'd be like wow great question or i mean because that's kind of like yeah. a that's kind of like a tough question to ask someone to their face but i or not their face they're they're linkedin but uh, <laughs> yeah. in any case that um that sparked up a conversation and um made someone willing to talk to me on the phone about like 
strategy and how did you how did you make them feel mm -hmm. comfortable and can can your competitors assure them that they wouldn't have outages and stuff like that so where so they could see that I could really get into the mind mm -hmm. of someone who's in that role and um you know think in the way that hopefully they do in in these kind of crisis situations that is crazy I give you a pause I give you like a virtual high five because that is like so impressive like <laughs> you always hear it you always hear it from the professors like always like critique through their interests and it's always like okay well like you're 45 year old yeah. that, that like has had this stable job for like 20 years but everyone this is like a real student like actually doing it that is like amazing um I have to ask you though so from that initial outreach and like reddit in like May of 2020 we can say how long was this process of you know talking to 12 different people and ultimately accepting a job yeah that's a great question I don't um I don't want the timeline to make it seem like unattainable because yeah. it wasn't something that I was working on like hours and hours and hours every week. The most of the energy was focused towards the end when I was actually completing those interviews, which I can talk about in a little bit. But um, from I think my first conversation with um, let's just call him the Reddit the Reddit man. The Reddit man. Um, <laughs> I think that was I think that was uh, probably late May. And then I had my first round interview in October. Okay. So I was probably having a conversation every two or so weeks, oh my a different two, three weeks. But, um, but if it comes from a place of genuine interest mm -hmm. and genuine, like, let's have a conversation. I want to talk to this person. It really doesn't feel like work. So I would, I would challenge people to think that way about those conversations. If that sounds uh, like an intimidating timeline. Yeah, definitely. And like, so were these just like phone calls and like, how do you, how do you hit it off right away? Like, do you like ask that question right away? Do you build rapport right away? Or how, how did you do it? I do try to build rapport and uh, look a little into their LinkedIn or maybe mm -hmm. do a little Google search on, on some, try to find something they like or something you mm -hmm. have in common or something you can talk about. I think like a, a comp uh, or an easy one is like, where they live oh i i love seattle I, it's so cool i i've always i've always wanted to go there how's the weather over there like stuff like that i love the um, space needle <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly i love the space needle um but just and this advice that i got throughout throughout this whole timeline at first i thought was so cheesy but it has really rung true and has really been pivotal to I think my uh career progression it yeah. is truly being yourself because mm -hmm. I think I think you'll come off rigid if you're if you're trying to be too calculated so finding where you can really feel genuine to yourself and mm -hmm. still have that professionalism I think that's a really important intersection for people mm -hmm. to find within themselves and have that kind of tone uh throughout conversations, mm. professionally, casually among coworkers and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I definitely resonate with you there. This is like, a, before before I ever got on like any interview or even any podcast, even before this podcast, I must say, I always kind of like feel out the space, get a little bit more confident. I read it in a book one time. And so I don't know, I think, <laughs> I mean, did you, did how was like, how did you like get that confidence before the phone call? Was it just that research? Um, that you did and you felt confident going into it or was it did it get easier as it went on um so as I as I mentioned before we got on uh the actual podcast here mm -hmm. I feel like there's always going to be nerves to some extent um 
but I try to be not over prepared, but have a general idea of what kind of questions I want to ask, mm-hmm. um, have a general ish idea of who they are so I can yeah. figure out what, what there is to resonate with. Um, but I don't think there's any, any formula to being completely confident and completely yeah. jitter free going into a conversation with somebody. Cause, mm-hmm. cause there isn't. And I think, I think jitters are totally normal, but mm-hmm. just trying to maintain, uh, maintain calmness and realizing that you should just be yourself and that there's really no pressure to try to be somebody else or be somebody different thinking that that's what they want that's not what they want that's never Mm. what they want and if you're faking being somebody else or acting like someone else even if that gets you the job you're gonna have to you're gonna have to continue that shtick for (laughs) however long you're working with them so you might as well uh, be yourself from the beginning Mm -hmm. I love that I love that and can you take us through little bit of like the interview process like what that was like I mean you must have just felt like I know everything about this role going into it but was there any like obstacles you had to overcome or what was that interview process like yeah um because I had spent so many months Mm -hmm. um talking to people and all that stuff like right when I found out my first date of like the the phone screen interview which let me just lay this out first like there's a phone screen interview and then if you pass that there's three different hour-long interviews which is like the mm-hmm. final round which usually they'd like fly you out and you get to go to microsoft i got to sit in oh. my, i got to sit i know i know <laughs> i got to sit in my room and be comfy though which honestly i think was um was helpful in some ways but that's the second part and then you find out after um that those three interviews hour long mm-hmm kind of thing um, <laughs> if you if you got the job so um I was definitely nervous um <laughs> absolutely nervous and it really felt like okay all these months have come down to this and so it was really easy for me to put so much pressure on myself to to perform how I wanted to mm-hmm. what my strategy was going in was I was looking for as many interview questions as I could online. I was talking to as many people who have recently accepted a CSAM position or recently accepted a post-sales position at Microsoft, what their interview, like asking them what their interviews were like and how, what tips they would give me. Mm -hmm. And just, I think being over-prepared is a curse because you're anticipating a certain question and then have this response. And if you don't get it out the right way, you're going to choke up. Mm. I think that's like, I think that is very easy to mess up. And I think that's, I think that's, I I don't think that's the way to go. Um, Me having a a genuine feeling in my heart that Mm. I can do this job and I am a fit for this role. What I did was look through the job responsibilities, kind of put together a list of from what people told me, from what the job posting said, like what they're looking for. And I knew that I had these things, but (laughs) I needed to connect them with stories that showed, that exemplified those Mm -hmm. things. So I kind of made, I I made some connections as to Mm -hmm. what stories would best show this kind of quality or best show my leadership or whatever, real stories. Um, (laughs) And kind of thought of it that way. And I did, I did record myself doing practice interviews mm. and then listen to the recording to see how like my nonverbals were, mm. how I was coming across, if I was saying like too much, which I'm hope I'm not doing right now. <laughs> oh, <here you> go. 
<laughs> not too many likes and ums. Um, and just making sure that I'm I'm getting my point across in the way mm. that it's intended because it's very easy to miss the mark and not even know yeah. thinking you've prepared so much and then something about your tone or something about the way you're communicating it doesn't come off um, in the way that you intended. So recording and listening back was a huge, 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 um, I think that's like that, that was like the key to my success here. Mm. Um, and that's what I did for before the initial interview and before the, those three hour long interviews. Mm. Um, yeah. And again, the same thing. So cliche being myself throughout all of it. I think it's, it's easy to hear like a company's mission of being like, oh, we want to hear about the real you and we're invested yeah. in your in your career and being like kind of skeptical, like mm-hmm. do they actually or do they not? But a lot <laughs> of companies like really want to know if you as a person, personality and all mm-hmm. are a fit for their culture or fit for the job. And it really takes you divulging your your true self to them to for them to be able to make that accurate assessment. So that was also a little bit all over the place, but does that answer your question? Yes, definitely. And it's honestly, like you said, like you can fake it in the interview, you can ultimately get the job, but once you actually get on the job, you also have to fake it <laughs> and it's just not your, your yourself. Um, but when you were looking at like questions that they might ask and you're like looking at scenarios, did you come up with like three scenarios that would fit uh, that question and then like replay it? Like, I don't even know an interview question, but was that what you would like do generally? I worked a little bit backwards and had a general idea of what they're looking for. And then coming up with these, um, with these scenarios mm. that could probably match a number of questions. Cause yeah. a lot of it's like, tell me a time where you were a leader. Tell mm. me a time where you led a team. Yeah. And it could be one story for a number of questions. So I focus more on the stories than matching them yeah. with the questions. But um, yeah, going through those, making sure again, that they, that they showed the, the, qualities of me that I wanted to share those like flaw questions like what are your biggest flaws those are always tough to navigate I don't even have any advice about those but (laughs) um using the star model was like a huge a huge thing I don't know if we've talked about the star model on the podcast before but that's that's been a huge uh that's been a huge key for me in navigating all sorts of interviews throughout college is answering in that situation task action, reflection, and then Microsoft adds on another R, which is reflection, results, reflection. Yeah, yeah. So, so that you reflect on. (laughs) (laughs) How does it impact the bottom line? (laughs) Exactly, exactly, something like that. So yeah, that's how, that's how I navigated that. (laughs) I love it. Well, we are kind of winding down on time. I am curious though, what are you most like excited for with Microsoft? Like Microsoft has all the resources in the world. I mean, what are you most excited for? Um, I, I, well, first of all, I want to say that I, I know I'm incredibly lucky in an incredibly yeah. lucky position given COVID and the job market right now. So mm. I want to make that very clear that I, I'm incredibly lucky and I'm definitely an exception to what's going on in the um, in the job market right now. But uh, that being said, 
I'm really excited to work with people that I know are going to challenge me. Uh, I never want to feel like I'm, I'm the smartest person in the room. I want to be around people who challenge me and make me feel like I need to grow. And I know that I'm going to find that there. Um, yeah, that's probably my biggest thing. I love it. And this is kind of, we'll wind down this question. This is kind of an overarching question. Um, I did some, you know, some studies, right? not really a study. I just went on like a Harvard business review. And I actually found out that women hold less than a third of B2B sales roles actually, um, but achieve quota 86% of the time compared to men 78% of the time, which is, I thought was astounding. I'm curious, like what impact do you want to make like in your, you know, in your future with sales or any other role? That's a, that's a great question. I appreciate you bringing up that, um, that study. I, like throughout my time with like the sales team at school and throughout interviewing, I'm seeing so many women absolutely killing it on the sales, like on the sales team and these national mm -hmm. competitions, like a lot of the time, the top three are all women yeah. and, and are killing it. I know on my current team, it's, it's heavily outweighed men to women, mm -hmm. but um, making it a, a level playing field is, is I think really important. And um, I think that, I don't know. I, I don't know if, I, I think I probably have preconceived notions of what some customer relationships would look like if I were a man versus like a woman. Mm -hmm. I don't want to even, I, I don't even want to speculate because I, I don't even know if they're going to be true. But um, I just think that strong female leadership is really important. And I know that I want to be a leader, even at the bottom of the totem pole, um, working my way up someday, I would love to be like a, a, a leader in an organization. And I hope other women who have those aspirations can, uh, can follow those as well and try to put them into play as, as much as they can. I love it. I love it. And yeah, Jordan, I must say Microsoft is getting a very strong young leader. Um, and Jordan, you're gonna do wonderful things with Microsoft. So I must thank you. So thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I'm really grateful to have you on. I'm super excited to follow you along. I'm glad Nick, shout out to Nick Harline. I shout out to him for getting you on here. I'm really excited uh, to watch your future growth. You're gonna absolutely kill it. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to watch your growth um, as well. And also shout out to Nick. Um, I really appreciate him connecting us. It's been great talking to you today. And yeah, thank you so much again. Before, before we end though, is there a best way to, I got to always include this. Is there a best way to reach you? LinkedIn, Instagram, I don't know, yeah. whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, my LinkedIn, uh, what would you call that? After the LinkedIn slash IN slash, it's just Jordan Michelle Smith. Okay. <laughs> so I, I can give you that link as well. That's probably the best way to reach me. Okay. I'm always always, always, always down to talk to people. I'm on LinkedIn mm -hmm. all the time. So anyone with any questions, I'm happy to get on the phone with you. I have a whole summer before I start working. Um, and feel free to reach out to me there. Maybe, maybe in the future, they can reach out to you on like a future YouTube cooking show that you'll be making. Yes. Yes. <laughs> me and binging with Babish or whoever collaboration coming in 2022. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. I know people are going to love this episode. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Have a good one. Well, 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 everybody. 
That was a phenomenal episode with Jordan, who I really enjoyed speaking with about Microsoft. It was so cool to hear her story about Reddit and reaching out uh, to a Reddit user about this position um, and just really starting her career um, with that ambitious goal being in Microsoft's, working at Microsoft, starting her career at Microsoft, and it really started at Reddit. That was actually the first time I've ever heard that happen to someone. Um, so that was a really cool story to hear. And she just gave a lot of extra, you know, great networking tips, interviewing tips. Um, and so she was really valuable to have on. And I know you guys took a lot away from her. I must give a shout out to Nick Carline again. Nick, thank you so much for connecting Jordan and I. Um, she was awesome. I'm super excited to work with you, Nick. Um, and we can both watch Jordan's success over at Microsoft and she can watch us grow at HubSpot. Um, so guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Definitely connect with Jordan. She has such a bright future ahead of her. I'm super excited for her. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I will speak with you next week. Thank you.